I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Joe Lemonnier, Product Marketing Manager of Resistant AI. We're talking about document automation. Now, document automation is great, isn't it? Or is it? That's basically our subject. I was demonstrating the euphoria over document automation, but there are risks involved, Joe. Yes, indeed. Look, document automation is a fantastic way for financial services to really improve their customer experience, reduce their costs, reduce human errors. It's a fantastic tool. The problem is that a lot of the automation tools that are available were never really built with fraud in mind. And so now that everything's gone digital, now that everybody's submitting their bank statements, their invoices, their business registrations, any documentation you can think of that is relevant in a financial setting, it is very easy. In fact, it's child's play for them to edit them using editors that they have on their computers or even making use of online template farms that are just a search away. And you won't necessarily know that the document has been tampered with, shall I say. Exactly. These editing software make it very, very hard for anybody to see it with the naked eye. Now, obviously, there are mistakes that uh, the fraudsters can make. They can be amateurish. But in practice, these changes are very, very hard to spot by the naked eye. It can take, you know, on the low end, we've seen some companies try to put in place very strict SLAs where they do reviews within 15 minutes per document. It can take a long time for them to assess the authenticity of a document. Well, are these reviews being done by a human or are they being done by a piece of software? This is what we build at Resistant AI, actually. (laughs) So this is what we are trying to provide to the market. And this is where we see a lot of of opportunity to, to change things. If you are going to try and deploy this kind of automation, having a human in the loop to authenticate the document slightly defeats the purpose. So having a tool like ours to sit there before the documents gets processed so that you can assess it for the authenticity is is crucial to make sure that you're not taking in bad data. Where does blockchain sit in this? Because everybody's been telling me that I can put a document on blockchain and I can see all the changes or it's immutable, one of the two. Is that not the solution or is there a but coming? Uh, There's a very big but. In theory, yes, blockchain technology should allow you to have sort of a handover process. You should be able to see the history of the document from its first issuance onwards. In practice, it's not really deployed. So, you know, when you look at different organizations across the world, they're not really using this technology yet. And certainly the individual customer coming to your bank may not have their documentation on the blockchain. No, that's perfectly reasonable from the individual customer point of view. Why would I, for example? But what is the regulatory position on such documentation? The regulatory position for the most part is institutions have an obligation to make sure that they are not dealing with known criminals. They they have to protect their own reputation and they have to protect their customers themselves. What's interesting when we work with companies is often enough while they do have their compliance processes in place and they do have a general sense of how they want to manage their risk, they've never really gone to the granular level of understanding what that means for the documents they're taking in. To give a quick example, a PDF is a very different beast than an image. A PDF is basically a piece of code and you can see the entire history of the document. You can see any changes that have been made to it. You can investigate it very deeply. An image of a document is something altogether different. 
let alone a screenshot of a document. All of these have different levels of risk and really organizations need to be thinking beyond just a compliance policy as a whole and more towards a compliance policy for how they manage their document intake as well. Okay, well, you started to touch on my next question there. How do financial institutions do better in determining whether documents are legitimate? What do they need to put in place? I highly recommend they get tools like ours simply because it is usually an eye-opener for them. The the amount of fraud that does exist, even from customers that they've had long relationships with and whom they you know have thought that they could trust, they will sometimes discover that those customers have not been forthright with them. You know, some of the fraud may be for some institutions like credit uh, credit institutions or lenders. It may be more of a credit problem. Some people are forging their documents in order to qualify for you know loans or interest rates that they otherwise would not have access to. That is a risk problem of a different nature than full-on fraud, the way that you would expect for some organizations. You know, when you look at merchant onboarding, for example, as a use case, a lot of the time, the people who are coming through there and their documentation that's being forged, they usually have the worst intentions in mind. They are trying to create shell companies. They're trying to get in into the system in order to be able to leverage that that institution to launder money, to finance different nefarious activities. Well, let's look at a specific example. You said that you highly recommend that institutions go to a company like yours, and it it behooves me to say you're not the only game in town. I have to stress that. But what has happened recently is that you've done a deal with Verto. Verto is a cross-border payment platform. What are you providing as a company to Verto to help their business? So Verto in particular, some of their challenges are related to identifying who are the ultimate beneficial owners of the uh, companies that they're onboarding onto their payments platform. They operate in uh, Nigeria primarily and and several other African countries as well as the UK. Um, So there are some high risk markets there and they operate with a lot of merchant providers that are online, small SMBs, startups. So there's some level of risk that they need to maintain control. With that comes a lot of documentation for them to ascertain who is the rightful owner of the business, who are they transacting with, you know, are there any high-risk counterparties that they are engaging with. So actual criminals would forge their documentation to hide a lot of these traces in order to get into the system. We really help Verto avoid some of these risks and really speed up their review process on, on the applications that come in. You're speeding up the review process because it is not being done manually. It is being done by digital means. At this point for them, yes, they're using us in both ways. They use us both on an automated fashion, and they also are able to use us in a manual way and and, uh, documents into our system to to assess them. Well, other than recommending that we go to a service like yours, what are I want to come back to this point because I want to have give people some takeaways from the conversation. What do they need to do? How do they need to approach this problem? Part of the challenge we often see with organizations who embark on a document automation project is they start with the automation goal first and try to build their whole workflow. But you need to take into account your risks on that front. So one of the things that that an organization should start doing is try to look back on the, the risks that they have confirmed on cases they have confirmed that were criminal and see what kind of documentations were involved. Try to identify what kinds of documents are actually the highest risk of fraud so that you can put in place some extra measures of reviews as you take on customers. Um, that's actually that's a first step that they should do. 
that will help inform what kind of workflows they should build for their automation because they can then assess, okay, if it's a document from this region or in this format, we want to put it through an extra level of scrutiny, or we want to send it to an expert that we have in-house who specializes in these kind of documents or in this particular market. They can start answering these questions and start building a much more robust control than, than what they would otherwise be building. I think it's it's really important for people to understand how automation changes their exposure. When you provide the opportunity for criminals who are getting more and more tech-enabled and are able to operate at much faster pace than they were before, they're able to really test these systems to see where your controls really lie. They will submit as many documents as they can and try to see which ones go through and pick those winners to iterate the next batch. And in so doing, they keep iterating the way a startup would. We often compare this uh, to fuzzing. In, in cybersecurity terms, fuzzing is when you provide a system with, with bad data to see how it will react and where it can break so that you have an idea of how to hack it. This is a similar process that's happening, but it's happening with a lot of the financial controls that organizations have in place because they're not automated. And you can do this, this cycle of learning and iterating much faster than it was possible before. You make it sound like a business. <laughs> it is. There are there are a lot out there. There don't get me wrong, there's obviously a lot of people who are committing first party fraud, but a quick search online will reveal a lot of companies that are willing to provide quote unquote novelty bank statements <laughs> or just a huge array of of different uh, ID documentation or other substantiating documentation, utility bills to prove their to to provide proof of address, pay slips. All of these are available really easily online, and things are kicking up a notch with the introduction of Gen AI tools that, that people can now leverage to start creating even fake backgrounds to put the documents in and, and, and things like that. And then there are the organized criminals, like the regular old organized crime rings who are leveraging these same tools, uh, but on a much different scale. And, and they really do treat it like a business. Uh, they, they operate across jurisdictions. They're very, very hard to... to in, stop ultimately they will operate sort of like a startup except nobody trusts each other <laughs> well the bottom line is and this is something that somebody else said to me recently it's the cost of doing business if i'm a financial services organization and i'm going down a route of document automation which makes business sense putting defenses in place putting checks in place is the cost of doing business absolutely there's no two ways about it. When you start dealing with digital documentation, unfortunately, humans are no longer able to catch this stuff, not at scale in any case. So it really becomes one of technology versus technology. And eventually what we foresee coming is one of AI versus AI. The thing for a lot of organizations to remember, however, is that these, these kind of solutions don't need to be a complete overhaul of what they have. It, it literally is an extra layer that just tries to help their decisioning and give them a better view of, of what they need to do. Joe Lamonnier, Product Marketing Manager of Resistant AI, thank you very much.